0: Welcome to the Caregiver's Toolbox, tools for everyday caregiving. We provide education and information on senior care topics. Here's your host, Ryan McInniff.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Caregiver's Toolbox, tools for everyday caregiving. My name is Ronnie McInniff. I'm here with Janet, and on this podcast, we try to give you information and education on senior care topics. Programming note, maybe you've noticed we haven't posted or uploaded any podcast recently, and maybe you can hear my voice. It's still a little bit raspy, and it's still a little bit uh, unlike my normal day-to-day voice, and that is because we had a nice little head cold virus or bacteria or whatever it was came through the office in a good fell sweep. What would you say, Janet?
0: What? (laughs) Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat.
1: So um, feel
0: better, sound worse.
1: (coughs) So we thought it would be a good reason to talk about what happens when office folk and caregivers get sick. Because we're in a role here that um, somebody has to be available 24-7. Somebody has to Go out to these homes because as we've said in other podcasts, you know, the days of playing checkers and eating, drinking tea with Nana to keep her company at, you know, $30 an hour or whatever it is or over. Far and few between. And usually we're going out because of the safety concern to people. There's a, there's a, uh, uh, emergency like need for us to be out there. So what happens when the office gets sick? So Janet, you run with this. what what in with your previous jobs with things that what is the protocol when all of a sudden, people in the office, the people that are directing and controlling caregivers, what happens when many of them become sick and can't come to work? Well,
0: life, the, the show must go on, as they say in the theater business, and we um, fortunately, we have systems in place that uh, we have to be able to take incoming calls, calls from caregivers, calls from clients, calls from would-be clients, and we have to be able to connect and communicate, whether we're in the office or somebody's in the office and we're on cell phones from home or whatever the case may be.
1: Absolutely. Um, Fortunately, I think with today's day and age and technology and having computers at home, laptops and cell phones, if you're sick and there's there's necessary tasks that must get done, you can do that um, from virtually anywhere in the world at this point in time. Um, but you know there there is a concern is that when you you have a you know a agencies and agencies in Massachusetts are usually smaller, you know when when that's why we we say here you know if you're sick just go home because it's not worth getting everybody else infected and then all of a sudden. Um, two-thirds or or half the office is sick, and then all of a sudden the workload's on one person to do everything for a day or two. Now, that unfortunately happened in our scenario, but also when one of the difficulties that occurs when somebody's feeling sick, other than just um, not being able to perform your job at a high function, is that you're not able to perform your job in some situations by being able to go out into the field. Um, the last That's thing you right. want to do, whether you're a marketing rep or you're the director of client care or you're the owner of a company or if you're a caregiver or a supervisor, is go out into the field and start ha- shaking hands and schmoozing it up and interacting with people who, one, are interacting with seniors or, two, you're interacting with the seniors themselves.
0: The time to be selfish. Keep your bugs to yourself. Don't
1: share. Yeah, so you know, I know that in a lot of the corporate America, it is looked frown, it is kind of frowned upon of taking a sick day, um, because you know get in there and battle it out and mm-hmm. do the right thing, and you know I'm a tough guy that can do it, but especially in in the healthcare the, the healthcare model, um, you can't take that risk going into somebody's home. And knowing that they're frail, that their immune system's already uh, compromised because of their age or whatever illnesses that they have, they're just, they're a bit more uh, susceptible to diseases and germs and going in there and shaking their hand after you've been hacking up a lung (laughs) in the, in the car on the way over there.
0: Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a tricky double standard when it comes to the actual care, um, in that, Caregivers, as much as they may feel they just have the sniffles or they think they're okay and they really want to work... We don't want them taking their cold into a client's house, and we want them to stay home. And yet the flip side of that is if the client's got a cold, that may be all the more reason they need us to be there because they need more assistance. So you have to work with the two sides, and they'll say, well, if Mrs. Smith has a cold and I can go in and take care of her and wear a mask or whatever – Why can't I go in with a cold and wear a mask and whatever? So it's, you know, it's a double standard, but we have to acknowledge it as such. But the thing is, if the staff is sick, they can't do their best care and they could compromise a client. If the client is sick, they may need us that much more. So we need to take precautions so that our staff doesn't get whatever the client has, but they still need us. So yeah. it's a little bit of a double standard, but that's the way it is.
1: And generally the rule of thumb with caregivers is that if the caregiver is sick, just it's, it's best to call us up. And, and in situations where you have family members that are involved in their parents' care, they will call up upset that a caregiver showed up to the home mm-hmm. sniffling or blowing their nose or whatever it might be outside of allergies and then you know, you have to reprimand and speak with that caregiver on what the policies are within your company about, um, about being sick and showing up to a job. And certainly, you know, we've all been on call long enough to hate getting that call at 10 PM, or even if you're not on call, you hate getting the call at four o'clock in the afternoon that says, I can feel it coming on yep. and I'll try to get a good night's sleep tonight, but I'm guessing that tomorrow I'm going to be not able to come to work, but it's better to be proactive and knowing about that as soon as possible than yeah. reactive at 7:58 in the morning and finding out that the person's not showing up for their shift. That's due to. Start in two minutes and 30 seconds.
0: It's far better to disappoint a client and a family requesting if they want a fill-in, somebody that maybe doesn't know the routine, rather than disappoint them with sending the bubonic plague into their house.
1: Absolutely. So, I mean, those are the the things. And I thought it was a good quick little uh, podcast to, one, explain why we had been kind of uh, uh, quiet. Um, Sometimes business does get into the, the way of things. But generally we try to get two or three of these out per week. And uh, this last week, it was just difficult because we were, we were even when we were feeling good, we sounded like um, we had a frog in our throat, anyway. So it, it, it didn't uh, think it would translate very well over this medium.
0: Yeah, and this one was nasty enough to actually stay stay home under the covers mm-hmm. a couple days.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So. so, anyways, those are kind of some of the policies <coughs> that um, you should know, and this kind of also. Leads into emergency preparedness. And since it is October, and I'm sure we'll go over this once the snow hits because it's always a big topic. But emergency preparedness, when you feel those colds coming on, when you know that there's a serious flu that's going out there, um, you know, or getting past health issues, when you have these super storms that are going through the uh, Carolinas exactly. and Florida right now, and you have these. Um Snowstorms that are gonna eventually hit Massachusetts again, where we get eighteen inches of snow
0: or even just heavy rain damaging yeah. winds and rain, yeah,
1: so emergency preparedness is important in these these topics where the the company needs to stay on top of what's going on, finding out where you're your A clients are, your B clients, your C clients, and your mm-hmm. D clients. And what I mean by that is not if they're good or bad. Those that must have care, those that should have care, those that would like to have care, and those that don't need to have care. Um, and then, you know, if somebody's needs, you know, you go into somebody's home to help them with groceries and a shower that can be put off for a day or two with no real ill-will consequences. Mm-hmm. If somebody's a fall risk and they have dementia and they're a wanderer, somebody needs to be in that home no matter what. Right. And so when you're dealing with these sor- storms that are going on, whether it's the hurricanes, the rains, the winds, the, the nor'easters, um, there needs to be preparedness about what is going to happen and, and who's going to be showing up for those shifts. And And it can be very frustrating because, you know, understandably to the caregiver's sake, you know, they've got to figure out how they're going to take care of their children, and their mm-hmm. families, and on top of that, they are got to travel back and forth to getting to somebody's home.
0: Yeah, I mean, they can be willing to get in the car and come over, but one thing that I think everybody has noticed um, throughout New England, and I'm sure there's things happening in other parts of the country that are very similar, that we have a lot of old trees coming down. So it's not even the snow, but it's just a matter of roads are getting blocked because of flash floods or because of trees or whatever else. So um, even though the caregiver is willing to get there, sometimes it's hard to get to the house.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, with the storms, unfortunately, if you're in the south and you're looking at all these hurricanes, you know, being proactive. Now, when you're dealing with a hurricane that's coming through and it's supposed to be doing significant damage... And, you know, you, you things like that. I'm sure there are many home health aides on the panhandle that are like, listen, we're not going to be able to show up. We're, we're being told we need to evacuate right now. Right. If you're unwilling to evacuate, then that's your prerogative. The home health aide isn't going to be showing up because they're evacuating out of town. But that obviously puts a lot of stress on the senior population. And as you know, it's it, I think it's pretty clear that um, – with the, the the issues we're having with more and more storms and mm-hmm. more and more, you know, when it's it's it seems to be getting when it's when it's arid, it's really arid. When it's wet, it's really wet. And when it's cold, it's really cold kind of thing. Um, how's that going to affect, you know, being able to provide help in the home for an aging population that's growing substantially and everybody yeah. wants to stay in their home as long as they can?
0: And you have folks, if they have any kind of a, a cognitive deficit, any kind of a dementia, where routine is so important, this just puts their world into a, a bit of a tailspin. And then you have the, I like to refer to them as the stubborn Yankees around here, yeah. that, um, you know, the, the rain could probably come up to the windows and they're staying in the house. <laughs> they're going to stay with it no matter what. Um, I saw someone on the news just last night that was uh, down in, in Florida and half of the house, the top half was missing, but there was one room, I guess, that was still intact. So the guy came out to talk to the reporter and the wife was in that one room she had medical conditions she couldn't be evacuated and they said well what what are you going to do well we have a mobile home out back so i think we can probably get her out there and it'll be warmer and drier i mean they're not going anywhere yeah so you know there there are things that what do you do um i think it's safe to say that if someone is in a facility be it not just a hospital, but a nursing home, an assisted living, they have safety procedures and they practice them and they have drills and they know what they need to do. When it comes to someone living in their own home, you also need to have a few plans in place. Yep. You know, if the power goes out, the phone goes out, the heat goes out. There's no food. What, what's the plan? And I think one of the, the best things that everybody should do is there should be a current list of medications <laughs> and who the physicians are, who yeah. the contacts are and to have that in the home. So be it, if it's not a caregiver that's there, you may find that you have a very good neighbor next to your, your parents and they do have to evacuate to a local school or something. You want to have that for them to take with them.
1: Absolutely. And so those are just some things to, to think about. But, you know, when uh, when the the cold comes and the sick people get sick and the storms start coming and things like that, it's always good to know that, hey, what's your what's your agency's plan? What is yep. the protocol with that? And also making your own plan just in case you're on your own, because. The storms are getting worse, and they seem to be the 500 year storms seem to be happening every six months instead of every 500 years.
0: I think it's possible. I I said to my father, who's 88, you know, I think we're coming back to the days when you had to walk through the deep snow both ways just to get the paper. You know, (laughs) it feels like maybe those times are coming back. I don't know.
1: Very, very much so, right? Well, anyways, thank you, Janet, and. We will get you on the next one. Have a good day, everybody. Take care.